This podcast is supported by ARC, Antenatal Results and Choices. ARC is the only UK nationwide charity offering non-directive, individualised information and support to parents who are making decisions around antenatal screening and diagnostic testing. They also provide specialised bereavement care for those who experience termination for medical reasons. For more information or support, please call ARC on 0207 713 7486. Hello and welcome to Time to Talk TFMR, Termination for Medical Reasons. I'm Haley, and joining me today is Alana Ross. Alana is the founder of We Seek Care, a platform that supports women and their partners recovering from all forms of pregnancy loss by providing education, one-to-one coaching, and expert-led aftercare plans. Their aim is to open up the conversation around the negative side of the reproductive journey. So hello and welcome, Alana. It's really nice to have you here. Um, why don't you? Why don't we start with a little bit about your story, about where this has all started from? Yeah, thank you so much for having me here today. So yeah, I started the platform through my own personal experience. I went through an abortion nine years ago now, and it was when I was employed by quite a large corporate in the UK. And I didn't feel comfortable opening up and talking to my manager, talking to my workplace about what I was going through. So I kept it quiet. I didn't even tell friends or family. We kept it, me and my ex-partner kept it very much between us. Um, and I was just really shocked at the end of care pathway in the healthcare system. I left the clinic with a really basic pamphlet, a very basic information, and very much felt alone and like I had to figure everything out for myself. Um, mm. So I did a lot of self-directed research. I suffered physiological and psychological fallouts in the months that came after and did my own research into what could be going on, what support was out there. And I really, really struggled to find adequate support. Um, mm. And so that's that was my personal experience and really planted the seed of inspiration for creating this platform because the more that I did this self-directed research and started working with a variety of practitioners across integrative medicine, and some of those practitioners are actually part of the platform today, I also started opening up and sharing my story and sharing what I was going through and almost discovered this underground secret club <laughs> of women that were suffering in silence yeah. and practitioners that were working with patients on a one-to-one basis. So what I really, the intention of the platform is bringing all of that expert knowledge from a variety of practitioners and bringing it into one place. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's um. so just for our listeners, just to clarify. So yeah, Alana had an abortion. We're obviously a podcast talking about termination for medical reasons, but anybody that's been listening to us at the podcast who has been following us on social media knows that I, I have very, mm, I want to say strong feelings, but you know, I, I have a, a strong sort of feeling or opinion around how, you know, abortion and termination for medical reasons are in the same family termination for medical reasons is abortion for a another reason and that's my personal feeling and belief and i and i do believe that it's important for us to kind of 
know that. I know that some listeners will find that difficult to hear. I used to find that difficult to hear uh, very much in the early stages after my experience of termination for medical reasons. So I, I empathize with that. But th- there are so many, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so aligned. And, you know, you saying there, Alana, just how you found this underground um, group of women who have been through this. That's the experience with people who have been through termination for medical reasons. Um, It's hidden. It's not talked about. And it's not until you start to open up a little bit that you start finding these other people. Exactly. And I think when it comes to people suffering, it doesn't matter what the experience, I believe we should all be supported. Mm in our in our in our grief um there's so many so many different pathways that can lead to that grief but mm. i believe that everyone should be supported in that absolutely i 100% agree yeah so that's how you sort of came to setting up this platform and i think what i'm interested in because we've had a lot of requests for this is about that return to work for people who have been through specifically we're going to be focusing on abortion slash for us termination for medical reasons you know that return to work and what that can look like how to speak to your employer your hr department yeah what's your take on on that yeah so it was interesting after i set the platform up there was a natural progression into supporting corporates. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of had a very natural flow, which I, I didn't set the platform up to do that necessarily. But mm. I found that a lot of corporates were actually coming to the platform and coming to me and asking for support, which was really, really inspiring yeah. and refreshing. Um, so we structured our offering to offer a variety of support. Um, we have awareness campaigns that raise awareness and open up the conversation in the workplace. We provide you know, webinars and a fireside chat. We also host HR and line manager training mm-hmm. um, so that managers are really educated and armed with the tools to be able to best support an employee that's going or has been through any form of uh, mm-hmm. loss. And then we support employees with our aftercare plans. So I think having that kind of multifaceted approach and that whole person approach has been really, really impactful and really beneficial. And we've had some amazing feedback from um, from businesses. Um, yeah, on what your question was. <laughs> that's okay. No, that that's that's where your yeah the platform and what it offers. I think I'm interested in. So you mentioned about your own the fallout from your own experience. How did that impact your work or returning to work? Yeah, so for me personally, well, I lied about taking Mm. time off to go through the procedure. I didn't feel comfortable saying why I needed the time off. Um, I then had to take sick leave. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to work, I just felt really shut down and really Mm. sad and disconnected. And I think the difficulty was, you know, showing up to meetings, trying to present your best self. People know that there's something wrong and they're Mm -hmm. asking you, but you can't share. You can't be honest. So you're not getting the support that you need. So it's it's quite a vicious cycle. Yeah. And I know that, you know, from from speaking, working with women across the board of all pregnancy loss experiences, I mean, you know, in the case of miscarriage, some women are going through the miscarriage in the workplace, you know, in case of. Um, the termination, 
for medical reasons, you know, that there's there's such a complex variety of emotions coming to that decision. Um, and if you're not comfortable talking to your workplace about it, I mean, that decision generally has to be made quite quickly, but, you know, it can take some time and mm-hmm. not having the space to be able to go through that mental process of making a decision it can be can be really, really, really hard, really hard for people. Yeah. And I think what you mentioned there, you're touching on the the point is, is that if you're having to keep it all to yourself or feel that you have to keep it all to yourself, uh, we're not we're not robots. So, you know, even if you think you're doing a fairly decent job of keeping it quiet, you might be doing that. But people pick up on the fact that you're not yourself. And, you know, there's a sort of knock on effect to working with your colleagues and what that might sort of entail and what the outcome of hiding things, feeling like you have to hide things might be and how much, how stressful that would be. I mean, I know from my experience, I so I was a self-employed. I had my own company at the time. So I didn't have an employer to talk to, but I, you could say it in a sense, I had lots of clients. So all of them were like individual employers. And so, you know, I, I didn't tell them what was going on and my way of dealing with it. I mean, there was twofold. So financially, I couldn't just stop. But the other thing was what to say and how to say it. And I chose not to say anything, which which I'm not saying was good or bad, really. I just didn't want to tell my clients these sort of deeply personal things, but it did have an effect. It really was very difficult to be trying to do my job. And as you say, disassociating, right? So you sort of have to you have to like package this thing up and put it to one side and then go and do your job and put this mask on and then, you know, take the mask off when you get at home and you can let it all out. But it's just such a complicated, unhelpful time, really. Exactly. And I mean, I think especially, especially in the workplace, you know, if you're going for a promotion, for example, (laughs) and you don't want your line manager to know that you're going mm-hmm. for this promotion, you're, you're trying to get pregnant, therefore you're going to have time off. So that's also really tricky. Yes, I've heard this as well. P- women say, I don't want to say anything to my boss, my employer, because I'm afraid that it'll impact my career prospects. They know that I'm trying for a family or expanding my family. I mean, it's just, that's heartbreaking, isn't it? Which is so ridiculous. But unfortunately, yeah, it is kind of the, the world that we live in. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a sort of not to be naive. Yes, these things happen, and also there are laws against this. You know, you, women do have rights in the workplace. But it's how to find the balance of those. You know, I guess who's responsible? Is there a responsibility to say something? So, if you're in a traumatic situation, like any traumatic situation, would you ever want to share this with your workplace? I guess. So is there a difference, I guess, between the traumatic situation of going through termination for medical reasons or abortion? Some people might not feel that their abortion was traumatic. I recognize that. But for this purpose of this episode, you know, the traumatic elements of that, I think there is a big difference, isn't there? So if you were in a, let's say you're in a major car accident, nobody would bat an eyelid at you saying, I've been in a major car accident and I've broken several bones or, you know, my, maybe somebody I was in the car with died or, you know, nobody would suggest you don't tell your workplace that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think any kind of termination or any kind of private and personal experience 
like that. Of course, not all employees are going to feel able to share with their mm. workplace the exact circumstances. But that's where I think it's employers' responsibility to create company culture around mm. there has to be some kind of an avenue or a policy in place whereby employees do feel comfortable saying something and knowing that they're not going to be punished or you know miss out on a promotion, but they really have to take the lead in setting that company culture. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Yeah. For, ex- for example, you know, that you could have a policy in place, like some of the corporates that we work with, some women can want to disclose very, very minor details to their manager. So they'll say, I want to have access to the pregnancy loss policy that's in place. Mm. And that's all they have to say. They don't have to give any more details, whereas other women actually want to share more details with their manager. And that's, you know, a whole other approach and a whole other kind of pathway that needs put in place. How do you, how do employers go about making sure, like doing this responsibility, making sure that this responsibility is very clear to their employees, that they have this mindset or policy? So one approach that we've taken and supported some corporates with is we create these awareness campaigns in the Mm. workplace. So host several webinars. We talk about experiences, statistics, what the different types of pregnancy loss are, you know, have a whole question and answer session so that employees can either anonymously ask questions Mm. or put their name to it. Um, And we create digital and, and kind of creative like posters and and assets Mm -hmm. and post them either around the workplace physically or within you know internal well-being hubs so we create site web pages that go into the details of you know what even is pregnancy loss we have stories quotes of women and men's different experiences so really kind of setting that scene and that landscape Mm -hmm. to know that that the employer is thinking about it and then following that there's then links to, okay, this is the step-by-step process that you can go through as an employee if you do experience loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tends to vary depending on employer, but but generally most employers put in place information about bereavement leave or mm-hmm. sick leave or time off, whatever, you know, lay it out in a, in a policy what they're entitled to. And then information around, okay, you now have access to counselling through their EAP. Mm-hmm. through to bereavement counseling or coaching you now have access to we see cares mm-hmm. uh, employee aftercare plan here are some external resources here are some charities mm-hmm. um so kind of set the scene as to what that employee support is and then most encourage the employee to talk to their hr and yeah. line manager not all want to of course yeah yeah well and this is it i mean we off recording we were we were just as we were about to start we were just talking about how you know of course not every woman uh or partner is going to feel they need to speak about this and that's okay but what's important is that those people who do feel they really need to speak about this and they are needing support that they can ask for it and that they can receive it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And and, and of course, confidentiality is so important mm. and everybody has their own preference. And that's really important to acknowledge and accommodate, you know, what does that person that experienced the loss, what would they like their colleagues to know? 
yeah um what what steps are important for them in terms of returning to work so it's it's very much about asking the right question as a, as a member of hr and a manager asking the right questions as to what that person's preferences are um yeah. and have that reassurance of confidentiality and just really let them almost set the pace yeah and are you finding so the employers that approached you is there a real openness i had a quick look at your website about some of the stats around you know if women are not getting the support that they need and want how much that impacts on an employer it really you know impacts on an employer in turn and financially because if you have this person who's always going off on sick because they are not getting the support that they really need to be able to work through everything that's happened to them yeah it's it's a huge cost a huge human cost um yeah, at, yeah. i was just going to say it's also really hard to quantify because mm. we don't know what the official figures are because there's so many people that don't talk about it yes. right but yeah. in terms of you can kind of bracket it into sick leave for anxiety and depression. There's sick leave for bereavement leave. Mm. So, you know, the official figures are that bereavement leave costs the UK economy £23 billion every mm. year. So there's there's figures out there, but I, it's it's really it's really hard to quantify. In that yeah, to pinpoint yeah. it. But those numbers are huge. And we can sort of say that, yes, this element will be contributing to that. So I guess, yeah, to go back to my question is, you know, how are employers sort of recognizing that? And are they coming at this from a sort of, we really want to have a culture in our in our environment, in our work environment that is about sort of supporting people to, to um, I guess, are they coming at it from that sort of altruistic standpoint that they are really wanting to look after their employees, that they really see how important this is for them? I would like to hope so, <laughs> um, but I I think yes, because I think they have to now. I think the world of work has changed so much recently, you know, especially since COVID, yeah. people aren't returning to work. And to keep best in world talent and especially female talent, mm. workplaces, employers, they have to step up. They have to create the right company culture. They have to focus on their diversity and inclusion. They have to... You know, people spend so many hours in the workplace, whether it's now it's online or it's physically in the workplace. But it has to be somewhere that people actually want to be because, yeah. you know, they could leave and they could become an entrepreneur and they could set up their business selling whatever on Etsy. Like people, the way of working has changed so much. And I think employers are now understanding that it is their responsibility to provide more kind of varied and whole person support um yeah. you know they're, they're offering pet insurance they're offering mm. life insurance you know that it's it's quite fascinating to see how much it's changed which is great it's really encouraging but it's also a signpost to unfortunately the the, the gap in our healthcare system so mm. employers are the ones that are almost stepping up yeah mm. yeah and I mean, we've heard this, it's very patchy when, when we're talking about it from termination for medical reasons, the care can be patchy. It depends on what type of termination you had. Was that a medical termination or a surgical termination where it took place? And then, you know, are, are you offered any bereavement midwife support and what that actually looks like as well? So, and where, where I think 
it particularly falls down is in the sort of mental health aspect, which is something you touched on as well, and how, you know, there's not a lot of recognition that what's going on is a is postnatal. You know, the the body has the body doesn't understand or know that this was an abortion or a termination. All it knows is that it was pregnant and now it is not. And so it's going through a process hormonally and emotionally and everything to it's just a process it goes through thinking that there may be a baby here. So therefore I will do what needs to be done, which might be milk coming in, depending on how how many weeks gestation, for example. So the impact on that, on women's mental health, and that there's really nothing there. And I'm hearing that this, what you've put together is trying to sort of fill that gap. Exactly. I mean, especially when it, when it comes to hormones, I mean, the hormones can take two to three weeks to settle yeah. down. You know, it's a, there's a surge in oxytocin, it drops off. And exactly as you're saying, the body doesn't know what kind of yeah. end of the pregnancy. It was, it was a pregnancy release, which is a phrase that I really love yeah. to use. It's a, it's a pregnancy release. And, um, and of course, hormones impact our mental health, they impact mm. our mindset. Um, so it's all intertwined. And then couple that with the fact that you don't legally have any time off. Yeah. <laughs> and you're being forced to go back into the workplace. It creates a really difficult. And I think I think for me, that's such a huge downfall of our legal system is the fact that, you know, it's after 24 weeks of pregnancy mm. that you do get and you are legally entitled to maternity leave with benefits. But what about prior to 24 weeks? Yep. You know, it's, it's, I mean, of course, people need support during that time. So yeah, yeah it's vitally in, important. Are you finding that, I, I think you mentioned that once you started the platform that you had a lot of businesses approaching you, which is not what you were really expecting. I think I got from that, what you were expecting is that you were expecting individuals to use it. But what was happening is businesses were coming. And are you still finding that? Are you having to do the going out to businesses or are they coming to you? I'm, I find that I, there was a first flush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of businesses coming to me and now it's definitely more that we are having to go out and actually approach businesses. But what we are doing is partnering with a lot of different organizations. So we partner with a couple of kind of employee assistant benefit programs mm. um, and some kind of parental cloud and, and wellness cloud organizations that mm -hmm. essentially offer a variety of health and well-being support to employees. So we kind of plug in our expertise into their existing offering. And, and that's been, yeah, it's been really, really fruitful and really beneficial. And it's also a really nice way to work as well because you're mm -hmm. not having to go out and be very salesy you know it flows really nicely in that respect and and I think it's better for the employer because they then have access to you know postpartum as well as pregnancy loss as mm -hmm. well as maternity um cover so yeah I think, I think it's it coming under this well umbrella isn't it of reproductive exactly stuff reproductive life you know yeah I can really see that and I I'm really curious because I I have heard about companies adopting policies for pregnancy loss, miscarriage and stillbirth pre your um, platform. Uh, what was really interesting about your platform coming in was obviously you were very openly talking about abortion 
as a part of this, as part of pregnancy loss. And, you know, we often hear in the TFMR community, termination for medical reasons community about this feeling of hierarchy of, you know, which is more important or which is more emotionally bad. You know, it's like, how do you put the language to this? Like it's it's the trauma Olympics or something or the grief Olympics, you know, who's got it worse sort of thing or who's more (laughs) entitled to support, you know, that side of thing. So I'm, I'm interested in your openness about this, including abortion, how that's been received. Yeah, it's a really good point. It's been interesting because to be honest, most of the corporates focus on the fact that it's pregnancy loss yeah, and they like that it covers uh, TFMR and miscarriage. Mm. When it comes to abortion, they are happy that it's included, mm-hmm. but they don't want to go into those too many details about it. Yeah. Um, and from our perspective as a platform, we step in at the point where, you know, the de- the decision has been made or you've gone through the experience or, you know, you're past mm-hmm. that point. We don't get involved and we respect any journey that takes you to the point of needing help, essentially. And we kind of step in at that aftercare point. Um, yeah. I think you're touching on a, a, the fact that employers may not want to uh, are we talking about the kind of decision-making process that they, which I can understand that they're sort of wanting to distance a bit from that? Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, I think it's important that, you know, I would say, and I'm sure you do as well, that it's about non-directive. There's a non-directive element to that part and that's something else. And then there's the, the after the decision has already been made. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's quite interesting that, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that they're sort of a little distant from abortion. It's interesting what you said there, though, that they were, they're quite happy for it to include TFMR. Mm-hmm. The, and this is my whole point is that, so I, I've kind of personally felt a little bit when I started doing this podcast, started to get to a place where I started to feel a little bit uncomfortable with some of how we talk about TFMR in that it was feeling like it was creating a bit of a hierarchy to abortion. <laughs> and I and I, I don't think it's necessarily from a really, you know, d- people are doing it on purpose, but it was a, something that I found I've started to feel a bit uncomfortable with that, hang on a minute here, am I trying to say that because I had a termination for medical reasons that somehow that means something else compared to abortion, which it does, but also what does that mean? So... Yeah, I just picked up in there that employers are also pulling that out, that they're going, well, this is, we're okay to talk about this, but abortion, mm, we're a little more. And it's difficult because, you know, from a societal perspective, there are so many layers to this, mm. this the, the whole conversation. Of course, some women will choose an abortion and they feel fine with their choice after yeah. and they are okay. For many, many women, it can be a really, really, really difficult choice. And that causes a whole level of emotional, mental trauma coming to that decision. There's fears about being able to have children in the future if they choose this now. Mm. You know, there's a whole variety of complex questions that come up from having to, from choosing whether or not to keep a pregnancy and then termination for medical reasons. Of course, it's such a huge, because you still want that child. Yeah, It's a whole yes and then... You know, sadly, 
you then have to make a decision around it yeah being a no and and I just think with every situation we just need to have compassion and understanding um that that individual is going through whatever they're they're going through and I don't believe that we should judge others and I think that everyone deserves support if they're suffering yeah that's how I kind of navigate it yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I like to think about it in the sense of, I've, I remember hearing somebody else say this, that, you know, your, your most traumatic experience or, you know, worst experience of life is yours. And then somebody else has theirs and it's their worst experience. The, those two experiences will be completely different. And it's, it's not about comparing them. They're not like for like, it's just understanding that they are very individual and that person is going through their own personal, you know, grief and grief process with that. And it's not helpful really to try and say one's worse than the other. They're just different and they can have different layers to these things. But as you say, everyone deserves the support if that's what they need and they're looking for it. They deserve to have it. I definitely don't think women should be put in jail for. Well, quite. (laughs) Well, quite. Yes. Um, That is a a subject that I would like to talk more about, but I am aware of the time here, but yes, that is that's a whole other conversation. A whole other conversation. (laughs) I did post about that. Um, Yeah. yeah, I think um, we all felt slightly, well, not all, not all people, but I certainly felt very sick from that. And if people aren't aware of what I'm talking about, we're talking about the recent court case and woman who was jailed for inducing her pregnant, inducing an abortion after legal limits. Um, So I think on that note, (laughs) it's been really, really interesting. I, I, we do a little something called TFMR takeaways at the end of the podcast, but I thought, you know, what we can ask you just to leave the listeners with, I wanted to ask you last question. So what would your advice be to a woman who's been through a termination for medical reasons about when and how to approach her employer about this, if she's needing support, she wants support. It is very much down to the individual as to when they're comfortable. So, I mean, some women might be comfortable talking about it after the experience has happened, or some women might want that support when they're making the decision and they're having to go for scans and and appointments. Mm -hmm. So it's very much down to the individual in that respect. And the how, I get there's so many nuances because it depends what kind of structure is in place within the workplace. And and, but I mean, I I can kind of paint my my dream scenario. (laughs) Yeah, it's a supportive workplace. then you are able to go to your HR line manager. They are listening to you. They're compassionate. They're able to say, I'm sorry that you're going through this experience and I'm here for you and I'm I'm here to listen. I'm here to support you in whatever you need. Um, how would you like this communicated to other colleagues? How mm-hmm. can I support you in picking up your work when you're taking time off um mm. how much time off do you need so these are all really important questions that i think managers should be asking and covering because taking you know even taking the stress of workload off of someone can have such a huge impact yeah. um and then obviously if the, the person needs to take time off understanding that they have x amount of sick days that they're allowed to take if they need more they can take them that's yeah. my ideal <laughs> scenario paid yeah. sick leave and then in terms of 
you know, return to work. I think that's uh, a really important piece of the puzzle because it should be staged. So mm. there should be check-in points mm. uh, in the weeks on the run-up to that return to work. So perhaps the employee might want to join some of the internal meetings. That's a really good staging process. There should be check-in calls with the managers checking in on that person and seeing how they are. How do they feel about returning to work? Mm. What is it that that manager can be putting in place to best support the individual when they do return to work? And then on the return to work, you know, there's so many triggers in the workplace. There's baby announcements, there's pregnancy announcements, there's babies being brought into work. And, you know, in an ideal world, that manager is aware of the dates that the em- employee went through their loss. And mm. so they're aw- are they aware of the time frame of which they might be suffering and they're sensitive to that. Yeah. So they're kind of acting as a little bit of a shield for that employee. And whether that is checking in on them, holding one-to-one meetings and asking how that person's doing or suggesting, you know, maybe maybe you don't want to join this the baby shower. Maybe, you know, mm. we can go and have a coffee and sit separately there's so much that that managers can do to to best support. And presumably, Elena, that if so, you know, you're talking about this from your ideal supportive employer. <laughs> you know, not everybody's going to be in that position. So I presume I would work there. I would work there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Choose the supportive employer. Um, but if if they are in a less supportive environment, I presume that they can access your platform or yeah get information through your platform and how to support themselves through this yeah is that yeah, right absolutely i am um, i offer like free 15 minute one to one calls to yeah. just to get kind of private one to one advice and support really okay. um and a lot of people ask questions around either around what the aftercare plans are a bit of details around that or they just want to talk or they want to ask questions about their employer mm-hmm. and how to handle it in the workplace so I do offer these free 15 minute calls and at the moment we're building out um, more of a kind of resource page that will okay. offer more information around more of the kind of legal aspects and sides of things uh, within the workplace. So there'll be more resources available soon on the website. And there's a lot of charities out there that offer a lot of information and advice as well. Like Tommy's is amazing, the Miscarriage Association, ARCS. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, great. That's That sounds really, really good. I really appreciate all that information. And Alain, I'll put your details, you know, we seek care, I'll, I'll put those details into the show notes so people can, can, be directed to you and also um, signpost Tommy's Miscarriage Association. And of course, ARC, we always we always signpost ARC as well. Um, but yeah, it's been really lovely having you on. It's been a really good discussion. And I think I said before we started that there's always more that we could say, and I do feel like that. So maybe we'll have you back again soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been, um, been a really good conversation. Thanks so much, Alana. Thank you. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. This ensures you get all of our new episodes as soon as they're released, and you can find us on most podcasting platforms. Get in touch. We love hearing from you. Find us over on Facebook and Instagram at Time to Talk TFMR. That's all for this time. Thank you, and please take gentle care of yourselves.